New Life Friday night. It's good to be together. Can we just stand? I'm going to do something a little different tonight, if that's okay. It's the first Friday night of the new year. Can we just open our hands and invite the presence of the Holy Spirit? We do this all the time here at New Life. Come, Holy Spirit. You have been faithful, God. You have carried us. You have given us a hope and a future, God. And we just come as the people of God to worship filled with hope, filled with wonder, filled with expectancy, filled with hearts who have awakened to the goodness of God. So God, we come to worship tonight. Come and fill this space. Come, Holy Spirit.
the name of the Lord. Come on, church. This is a house of worshipers. Can we lift our voice for just a second and say, I bless you, Lord, for all my days. I choose to worship in mountain, top, or valley. I choose to worship. You deserve the praise. 
New Year Friday night. Happy New Year to y'all. It's so good to see you. Um, pardon me for this offering moment. I am a little bit on fire because as I was walking through the hall saying hi to people, um, some of you are so excited for the new year, but others of you, even today, already this week, have had some difficult circumstances or things happen to you. And for me, some of you were like, New Year's is just another day. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal, okay? It's New Year's and we're excited. What I want to do, I want to take a moment to pray over you. But for those of you who are excited, I pray that the spirit of joy would rest on you. But for those of you who are already agitated, things have already been happening to you. I want us to take a moment to remind the enemy whose new year this is. It does not belong to him. And I don't know what attacks have come your way. I don't know what irritations have come your way. I don't know what words or curses have been spoken over you even today, but we rebuke them in Jesus' name. What I love that happens in the Bible, when anything new happens, when Noah or Abraham came to a new place, they made an offering to the Lord. So some of you have something to give. You can give. There are four ways to give on your phone, online, snail mail, boxes in the back. Some of you have worship or praise to give. And because of this week already, that might be a little bit difficult. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching online. We're going to break some curses tonight. Amen. So as I pray, I really want y'all to think about um, if you already had something irritating happen to you, lift that up to the Lord. For those of you who are full of joy, intercede on behalf of your brothers and sisters, and we will pray together. So God, we thank you that the enemy thinks that he can have his way, but he cannot. God, you are the God who's worthy. You are the God who reigns. You are the God who rules. So God, this day, this first Friday night of the year, this first offering of the year, God, we glorify you. We magnify you. We honor you. God, we decree and declare that you are the one who rules and reigns over our lives. No, um, no negative curse, no horrible demonic retaliation, no, no word curses can, can assault your name. God, your name is on our foreheads. Your name is written over our lives. So God, we decree and declare your name. We decree and declare your power. We decree and declare your authority. God, for those who are already a little bit weary this New Year's, God, we pray that they would be restored in your presence. For those who are already fearful or confused this New Year, God, we thank you for clarity from the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And God, as we worship as a congregation, God, I pray that you would send out your angels on behalf of all of my friends tonight, that anything that they are in despair about, God, I pray that you would turn it around. God, I thank you that this is the night that the year is turned on its hinges and it's turned in your favor. It's turned so that you would be glorified. And God, I pray that you would continue just to, to bless your people, Lord. The enemy would love to crush us, but God, I thank you that we are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We are pressed down, but not destroyed. We may be cursed, but that is not the final word. God, I thank you that your word says an undeserved curse will not alight. So any curses, we rebuke them, we break them in Jesus name. God, we give to you with joy. We give to you with strength. Bless my friends tonight in here and watching online in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to worship.
Can I give you one really, really good piece of news? Just a few weeks ago, we had little Eleanor Kring up on stage. She's seven years old. She had just finished her 15th and final round of chemo. And so we had her up on stage. I'm not sure if she's in the room right now, if she's up in class. She, she says, do you want to just keep embarrassing me? So Eleanor, I'm going to give you the night off from having to come up. But she just had her scans on Wednesday, and she is cancer-free. Give it up. Woo! Come on, Eleanor. <laughs> Woo! Oh, look what the Lord has done. Can you say amen tonight? Welcome to church tonight. It's, this is incredible. We're packing the room out. We're bringing some chairs in. I think we've got some seats up here. But anyway, we'll get settled here in a minute. Happy New Year. If you are new with us, I'm seeing a lot of new faces. Got to greet a bunch of you in the lobby. We would love to meet you at Guest Central in the back and give you a gift after the service. So swing by if that's you. Let us get to know you a bit more. And then tonight we have a military connect right after the service in this hallway here out that door in room 160, Carson and Morgan Roberts. They both met and fell in love at the Air Force Academy. He was the quarterback. She was a soccer uh, player at Air Force Academy, like power couple. They're both just beautiful and they're serving the Lord in the military. They are hosting this military connect. So any of you who are connected to the military and want to swing by, they're going to have some treats and some coffee and a hang time and get to know each other right after the service in room 160 now. Take two minutes, cross the aisle, hug a neck, shake a hand, and I'll come back in just a minute. One, two, three, be nice.
All right, all right, all right. Hey, I see people standing in the back, okay? So we've got some seats back there, but we also have seats down front. I, I, I told a guy once from the stage, we have seats down front. He said, I'd rather be in a coffin. Like, wow, okay. Pray for you, bro. Um, anyway, no one needs to be standing unless you're just kind of that guy, you know, in the back room who's jittery and sheepdogging and looking around. That's fine. That's you, great. Um, before we get started, a few fun announcements. Tonight, today is uh, my friend Mindy's birthday. Mindy Linscombe over here. Yes. She, she and I have known each other since I was 16. I won't tell you how old she was then because you can do the math. I'm 41. Uh, so we've known each other 21 years. <clears throat> she was born first, but that's all I'm saying. Mindy, we love you. We bless you. You are doing great work. Keep it up. Give it up for Mindy Linscombe. And then one other announcement, and I'm talking to my friends watching online. Tonight in Houston, Jim and Nancy House are gathered in their living room watching on their computer, and they watch every Friday night. They used to live here. What's up, Ken and Pam? Good to see you guys. I'm sorry. Um, Jim and Nancy lived here for years, but uh, as they're aging and some health concerns and some family down there, they needed to get to Houston. And today is Jim's 86th birthday. So can you say happy birthday to Jim House? Jim, I love you, my brother. Jim said that their kids know, you know, 86, they got kids and grandkids and great grandkids. He said they know that starting at 5.30 on Friday night, we sit down and have dinner with our computer out and then 6.30 we're worshiping and then we've got our communion elements on the table at the dinner table ready to receive at the end of the service and they know not to call us till about 8.30. (laughs) And so I bless you guys, I love you guys, we miss you guys. If you have your Bible, would you turn to Ephesians chapter four? And tonight, uh, I'm going to, I'm calling this talk Vision Friday, okay? It's the first Friday night of the year. There's something about a new year, like Jordan was saying. So this, I'm going to cast some vision for you tonight. I'll read out of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and then I'll pray. Hear the word of the Lord from the Apostle Paul. He says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, he's in prison, I entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Everyone say, worthy of the calling. I entreat you to live and to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love, and being diligent to preserve the unity. Everyone say, the unity. To preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Can I read it one more time? Go to the top. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said, thanks be to God. Let's pray. We need you, Lord. We need you. I've been off from preaching for a couple weeks. I'm like a horse in the gate. Just settle me down, Lord. Give me peace in my heart. I'm so excited, but temper it, Lord. 
Help me to only say what is helpful. Help me to only say what will build up. Help me to only say what will bring glory to your name. I must decrease, you must increase. And Lord, all of us, we're here because we carry the conviction deep in our spirits and deep in our bones that you are the God who has opinions. You are the God who speaks. You're the God who feels. You're the God who has a way, and this way leads to life. So we pray that you would lead us in the way of everlasting life tonight. As we open your word, we pray may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, we pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Something about the beginning of a new year and I was thinking this week, a new year's not magic, but it sure is fun to dream. It sure is fun to plan. It sure is fun to, to pray into the new year. I, a year ago tonight, Lisa and I were in Scottsdale with some friends, and we were sitting around a table, and we were dreaming on paper. 2023 is all we wrote with a little colon at the top. And we said, Lord, over the next 30 minutes, would you just start dropping little dreams or projects or things you want us to chase? And in this last year, we're able to look back. I look at that piece of paper every day. It's on my desk. And to see what the Lord has done, there's something about starting a year right. Next week, we're going to kick off a series through the Gospel of John and Jordan Victoria Lewis herself will be preaching and it's going to be fantastic. But tonight I want to take one moment to, to cast some vision for the year. I want to be your pastor tonight. Some of you are going, well, i got a pastor elsewhere, or I'm not looking for one. That's fine, okay? But if you, if you are here tonight and your heart is open to let me be your pastor tonight, I want to put a few things in front of you that I think the Lord would be challenging us for this year. As the, as the leader of this congregation, I stand before the Lord and I fall on my knees Every single day saying, Lord, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, speak. Show us where you want us to go. Show us what you're saying, God. So here's just four promptings, things that I'm sensing from the Lord that I hope will mark our 2024. I'll put four things in front of you tonight. The first thing is this. I want to challenge you to be around. To be around. Christmas Eve, we just had three amazing services here and at all of our congregations. And between our eight congregations, we had over 16,000 people come and it was unbelievable and it was so fun. And you get to see people and you're out in the lobby and you're going, oh my gosh, and whoa. And at Christmas Eve, we got to see who we could be if we all committed to being here, right? Be around. Like we need you here. Build it into your calendar. Make it a discipline. Be around this year. At Easter, we'll have over 21,000 people. I mean, people get real holy at Easter, right? <laughs> 16,000 at Christmas. Thank God he came. Thank God he rose at Easter. And everyone's a Christian on Easter. And that's fantastic. Sign up, right? They're, 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 you can be here any week. We will be here every Friday except for two this year. In this room at 6.30 on Friday nights. And I want to challenge you to be around. We saw what we could be. And King David, when he was growing and when he still had the innocence of spirit and when he still could be trusted, before David had kind of thrown it away, David said in Psalm 16, he just has this doxological eruption of glory. He's happy. And he says, as for the saints in the land... They are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. 
as for the saints in the land. Now look, saints, we are made for the world. We are not insular. We're not navel-gazing people. We're not circling up in these four walls to just be about us. That, that, that's exhausting to me. The church was made for the world, but David says it starts in the house of God. He says, as for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. He's saying, I'm going to give my first and best to the house of God with my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength, my relationships. And as we strengthen and as we solidify the gift God has given us here, then we are able to go out to be a blessing. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. Hebrews 10, we've got Old Testament text about the saints. Hebrews 10, many of you will know this. He says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking what? The assembling. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. He's saying there are some who've said, I don't need that. I'm, I don't need to go to the house of God. I got, I got my relationship fine. I'm covered under the blood of Jesus and I did the work and I prayed the prayer and the magic wand was, I'm good. No, he says some have forsaken the assembling of themselves together. He says, don't do that and, 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 and exhort one another. And so much the more as ye see the day of the Lord approaching as Jesus is on the way back. Stay together, he says. Gather together. Worship together. Sacrifice together. I, Lisa and I, we, we right now with our three kids, they're 16, 14, and 11, and we just talk about this all the time. Our major point of focus in these years is to just be around a lot. Build time together. We want as many meals as we can have together. We want to go to as many practices as we can go to. All the games. We're going to go cheer. We're going to celebrate. All the choir concerts. Oh, I mean, elementary school, they're just finding reasons to get you to come up there, right? Like, we just, yeah, we're celebrating. Woo! He's got a binder. Whoa! Praise the Lord. Good job with your binder, Wakely. Like, like, we just want to be around, like, reps, 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 FaceTime, FaceTime, FaceTime. You've heard it. Kids, the way they spell love is T-I-M-E, right? The people of God, I think we've lost this sense of repetition and gathering and looking each other in the eyes. We kind of have this privatized and individualized spirituality that God did that thing way back 2,000 years ago and I'm fine and I've called on the name of Jesus and we're just kind of waiting. No, we're gathering, we're worshiping, we're sacrificing, we're helping each other raise our kids. Friends, one of the things that I feel strongly to challenge you with this year is to be around. The average American Christian goes to church 1.5 times a month. Some of y'all are like, yeah, that's great, right? Imagine having like one or two family meals a month. That wouldn't be great. It's better than none. But, but something happens at the table and something happens at the table of the Lord when the saints gather and we make it a part of our weekly rhythm. Pastor Brady jokes, he goes, if someone comes to church two times a month, you make them an elder on the spot. Because that's how low the bar is for the American church. And, and, but I'll say this. If you do that math 1.5 times a month, that means in 12 months you're going to come to church like 19 times in a year. 
And if the service is an hour, hour and a half, so you know, let's call it 40 hours, there are people in this room who will be on their phone more this week than you will spend in church all year. God forgive us. And we wonder why there's a discipleship gap in the American church. Because we're watching TikTok and we're getting discipled by reels and we're all, all, all the content intake and, and flash news media and, and news, breaking news and all of this stuff. And yet we, we have devalued the gathering of the saints and it's showing in the American church. So I'm calling us to be around. I'm calling us to worship. I'm calling us to write it in our calendars. I genuinely do want you to write it in your calendar. Some of you are saying, well, you're doing that because it's your job. It's job security. You would say that, pastor. <laughs> Dad Gummit, you got a dog in that fight. <laughs> I'm not saying it because I'm a pastor. I'm saying it because I'm a Christian. So get your calendars out when you go to bed tonight. Lay in bed. And write in Friday night, about 5.30, have a reminder pop up. Get your butt to church and come and worship. And, and I'll just, I just want to say it this way. I'm challenging all of us to do everything in our power to be here 40 Fridays in 2024. So I get it. Vacation. Take vacation. Some of you are going to get sick. That's fine. Watch online like Jim and Nancy. I get it. Life happens. I want you to go to football games and support your kids. I know life happens. We also have Sunday morning service if you can't be here on Friday. But I am challenging us like, hey, miss one a month instead of making one a month. Miss one a month. Be around the first thing. There's nothing like just showing up. And so as the people of God, the first thing I wanna challenge us with, call me crazy, but I think we can do it this year. We can say yes to club sports. We know how to say yes to lots of things. It's about choosing our values. What do we want to be about? I think we can do it. Let's be around, first thing, amen? amen. Second thing that I wanna say is be available. Because it's possible to be around without being available. Be available. Anthropologists have studied the history of social cooperatives. Anthropologists studying human beings and our habits and our tics and our quirks and our, and our rhythms and our routines. Anthropologists have studied the history of social cooperatives or voluntary associations. Do you know that the world is filled with voluntary associations? For human history, we've had agrarian societies, voluntary associations, the Roman health clubs of old. They would go and they would gather and the Rotary Clubs and the Elks Lodge and the Cattlemen's Association. My grandpa, my great-grandpa Slats Wilson was his name. He was the head of the Cattlemen's Association in the state of Idaho. And those guys worked so hard and they had to make sure they were uh, getting taken care of and the price of beef would stay steady. Like, I get it. Voluntary associations, they're important. Groups gathering to study philosophy. We've got wine societies and Toastmasters clubs. We've got Green Bay Packers fans. <laughs> Voluntarily. No one made them. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where Drew is, but... Uh... <laughs> People circling up around crocheting and talking about new patterns. And we got think tanks and local economic forums. We've got Comic Con, right? People, voluntary associations. We love to gather, 
right? The weekly gathering of believers, though, is the longest-running social cooperative in human history. It started with the Jews. Hear, O Israel, Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Take these words that I've given to you and write them on your doorposts of your home and your houses and your gates and talk about them when you lie down and when you get up, when you walk along the road, when you're eating meals with your children. Israel, listen up, right? The faithful Jews worshiping and gathering and then for 2,000 years since Jesus was raised, Christians gathering weekly and frankly, A weekly gathering is a very low bar of entry for Christians globally. Can I give you some perspective? The the church of the developing world has to meet together daily. Why? Because they have to sort out, give us this day our daily bread. And who has a little extra? And oh, I'll give this to you this week and you help take care of us next week. Like the American church, we have gotten so comfortable because of our deep pockets, but we might be the most relationally bankrupt society on the planet. But the church of the developing world, they're happy and they're joyful and they they have these strong social cooperatives. Why? Because it's live that way or die. And so what I'm saying is we get to opt in to not just being around, but I'm calling us to be available to God. I'm calling us to be available to each other. I'm calling us to look each other in the eyes and to check up on each other and to ask each other how you're doing. And it, and, and it just doesn't have to be that we are lonely like the rest of the world is lonely because the people of God have a built-in family. Some of you are wondering what the church what the benefits of attending church. And there's all kinds of studies. And, and, and you know, secular universities and think tanks have done these qualitative and quantitative analyses to figure out like what actually happens to people who sign up to weekly attendance and worship. And I'll, I'll just put a few of these uh, benefits in front of you, the benefits of going to church. The church is daily and weekly training in self-denying love because this is what we talk about when we come together. It's self-denying love. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow Jesus. As we talk like this, the the church's daily and weekly training in self-denying love, it reduces crime, it reduces drug and alcohol abuse, it reduces STDs, it reduces poverty and racism and injustice, it reduces the recidivism rate in prisons, people who are going back into prisons. Studies show that if prisoners are released and they get caught up into a family of God, the likelihood of them going back into prison dramatically decreases, like falls off the table. Why? Because you get caught up into a holy family, not an unholy family. There's a reduction in ignorance. (laughs) Thank God for that. There's a reduction in hunger. Why? Because we share. There's a reduction in homelessness, in lawsuits, in abortions, in fatherlessness, and even the negative effects of natural disasters. They've studied where tsunamis have hit and where earthquakes have hit and where fires have raged through a community. And they say the people who weekly worship and daily worship do so much better than everybody else. Why? Because the family of God will heal you if you'll submit yourself to it. Be around and be available this year. Can you say amen? amen. I remember when Lisa went into, uh, she went into labor with Wilson and Lillian was at home asleep 
in her crib and it was late at night and oh shoot and Lisa calls Kim Vargas and Kim jumps in the car and comes over and stays with Lillian while she sleeps through the night and we go and have another human being. Why? Because social cooperatives, we take care of each other. I remember when she went into labor with Wakely and we were living on the same street as Drew and Tara McCalman. And we called them because, again, it just the baby decides to come when the baby decides to come. And so Drew and Tara come over and get Lillian and Wilson and take them to their house. And we go to the hospital. And I catch Wakely 30 minutes later. And it was just an amazing time. And Tara texted us and she goes, help. Lillian just asked me where babies come from. <laughs> <laughs> Meal trains and taking care of each other and rallying for people who are sick and standing with each other who are walking through the death of a loved one. Friends, the body of Christ when she's working well is the most beautiful thing you could ever behold on planet earth. And so I'm asking you to be around. I'm asking you to open your heart. And a lot of people want the government to fix many of the things that only the church was meant to heal. If we would just be ourselves, a lot of stuff would get taken care of. If we would just commit to signing up and opening our hearts and opening our homes and opening our pocketbooks, Acts chapter two and Acts chapter four, it says when the spirit broke out in the early church, there were no needy ones among them. And what if, we, what if we're called to live that same story all over again today? When it's working rightly, it's the most beautiful thing on planet Earth, friends. Be around and be available. I'll say it this way. If your worship is a comfortable, privatized experience that doesn't bring you face-to-face with the pain of other people, you're doing it wrong. But when you sign up to say, hey, my heart is here, my life is here, God has saved me and called me out of darkness and into marvelous light and he set me into this family. Who's, who's needing help? Who's needing courage? Who's needing prayer? Who's needing extra bed? Who's needing some hand-me-down clothes because your kids, you need help and, and you're not able this season to buy some extra school clothes? Hey, we've got them. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. When the church is the church, get ready to live. It's the second thing that I want you to see. Let's be around Let's be available. The third thing I want to say is let's be agreeable. Let's be agreeable. Ephesians 4, we read it, but I want to skip to verse 3. Verse 3 says, being diligent, you can click ahead to verse 3, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace friends this is an election year welcome to a dumpster fire (laughs) you know what we're going to do this year here we're going to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace you know what we're not going to do this year we're not going to blow each other up You know what we're not going to do this year? We're not going to light each other up on social media. You know what we're not going to do this year? We're not going to fight over unnecessary and stupid stuff. I remember in 2016, people wanted a lot of people wanted to meet with me because our nation was agitated, and this is the most important election in the history of the universe. And everyone always thinks that every time. Okay, right? 
And these people were gathering, telling me, you know, this guy with this hair, you, if you read the prophet Isaiah, there's this prophecy. And, and he was, you know, the ancient Hebrew, 3,000 years ago, they prophesied that this guy would come. And I would say, look, I don't know a lot about political theory, but I do know Hebrew and I do know Greek. That is not what Isaiah was saying. That is not what he, I, there's a few things that I know on planet earth. That is not what that meant, okay? And they wanted to gather and they wanted to be flustered and they wanted to be, and I gave like six of those one hour meetings to people. I'm never doing that again in my life. So yes, okay? So if you want to talk to me about how Trump is the Messiah, I'm busy. If you want to talk to me about how Biden is the Antichrist, I'm busy. If you want to tell me that Hunter Biden, and look, I, I, have your opinions and vote. That's all fine. But don't make it a kingdom of God issue and don't make it a right and wrong issue and don't burn everybody else around you down because of your opinions, okay? Have your opinions. Fantastic. Have your opinions and vote your conscience and do not squander your vote that our brothers and sisters in the field fought to give us. Take up your rights and be serious about it. But do not make it tantamount to a, 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 a Jesus salvation eternal issue and run other people off. We are not going to destroy each other this year in the body of Christ. Do everything you can to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. We are gonna be a peaceful people this year. We're gonna be an agreeable people this year. The goal is unity, not uniformity. Go for it. Vote your conscience. Sacrifice and feel it and, 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 and sign up and serve and get a clipboard and go do the thing and help with the caucus. I'm great with all of that. The goal is unity. It's not uniformity. So there can be varying opinions and you'll see different things different ways. But at the end of the day, we say there is one name under heaven and earth whereby you must be saved. And his name is Jesus. His name is not Biden. And his name is not Trump. And his name is not the United States of America. America. It's Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So this year, be agreeable. This year, do everything you can to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is what our call is, and we're going to get to the end of this year, and we're going to look back and go, well, wasn't that something? <laughs> but we're here, and we cared about the things that eternally matter. Can you say amen tonight, church? I'm going to get some emails after that one. <laughs> sorry, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I never, I'm sorry. I never saw it. Didn't come through. Must have gone to spam. My bad. <laughs> Last thing I want to say. Be around. Yes. Be available to God. Be available to each other. Yes. Be agreeable, preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, absolutely. The fourth and final thing I wanna to say to you tonight is be aggressive. The church does not need a passive, precious circle, or sorry, excuse me. The world does not need a passive, precious 
circle up the wagons. We're so scared. We're so, we, we need, the world needs us to be the church. The world needs us to take risks. The world needs us to be our very best. The world needs us to bear the image of God and to go out and to solve social ills. The world needs, yes, thank you, mom. <laughs> like we're at Augusta National or something. Y'all are like, we'll preach better. We'd clap, you know. (laughs) My journey the last couple years since I turned 40 is that I am determined to die empty. I do not want to, I've heard several people talking about this recently. I don't want to just, I don't want to come to the end and go, man, I just left a lot on the field. I, I, I just, I mailed it and I cut a corner. I, I, I played it safe. I took it easy. I was comfortable. I was relaxed. I, I made sure number one was okay. I want to die empty. I want to die ready for the Lord to restore me back to life and health and strength because I spent it. The church is meant to be aggressive. And the church, you know what the church did in the first 300 years when Jesus was raised and he ascended to the right hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit was poured out? You can read it in Acts 1 and Acts 2. And then the church goes from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost bounds of the earth. And in 300 years, the church tanked the Roman Empire. The strongest, the, the strongest force known to man, they, they owned the world, and 300 years later, it's like, Rome? Rome? Excuse me? Why? Because these people started being aggressive, establishing hospitals, and they established orphanages to take the kids who were sick with the plague, the, the people threw them out in the streets, and Christians ran around and picked them up, and they started orphanages, and they started schools and universities, and they started all kinds of these social gatherings. Why? Because the church filled with the Spirit of God is not meant to be passive, The church filled with the spirit of God is meant to be aggressive. We're meant to see the need and to meet it. You don't have to call a committee together. If God has blessed you and you see something in front of you and and you can just make it happen right now and get it done, I I deputize you right now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to make it happen, baby. Because the church is meant to be on the front foot and to do the work. In Ephesians chapter three, one of my favorite passages Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. We typically go, woo, yeah, exceedingly abundantly above. All that we can ask or think and we kind of stop there. But I want you to see what follows it. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. What? According to the power that is at work within us. You know how God gets his stuff done on the earth? He fills us with his Holy Spirit. And he he stirs us and he gathers us together to be around and to be available and to be agreeable and then to go be aggressive for the world. And so we do start orphanages and we do help people in need and we do pay off mortgages for people who are on the brink and we do visit the sick in the hospitals and we take their children in and we help families get through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Because the spirit of God emboldens us to go do his work in the world. Now to him who is able to do it, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory forever 
and ever. Amen. This year I've heard several stories of people in this room, and I'm not gonna get into the details tonight because it just wouldn't be appropriate, but I am like godly proud of so many people in this congregation who've been aggressive this year, who've taken a risk this year, who could have taken care of themselves and turned their back on the need that they saw, but instead of doing that, they turned and raced right into the need and they sacrificed and they served and they bled and they cried. And here we are at the end of the year and we see the Lord doing exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. Why? Because his power was at work within the body of Christ and the body of Christ ran toward it with aggression. And so here I am tonight to stir us up. Let's, let's, let's die empty. Let's, let's go for it. Let's be aggressive. Let's take risks. I'm, I'm going all in on the collective power of the people of God. I'm going all in on the comfort that we can bring to each other through our trust in Jesus. I'm, I'm going all in on the dent that we can make in Colorado Springs. One of the dreams that I have, and I think it'll be a 25 year dream, I wanna be a part with this church and we've already done it and the Lord is gonna grant it more, but I wanna be a part of creating affordable housing in mass in Colorado Springs in the next 25 years. And that may not mean much to some of you, but to people who are looking for an apartment and it's $1,700 and they can afford $800 a month, it means a whole stinking lot. And I think to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to his power that's at work within us, we've got some of the best builders and developers and financiers in this this church. In all of Colorado Springs, they come to this church. And I think in the next 25 years, the Lord is going to ask us to take a risk and to run at the thing and not away from the thing. I'm just priming the pump here with some ideas, but friends, whatever the Lord drops on your heart, whatever need he makes you aware of, whatever ache he attunes your ear to, whatever, whatever thing that's broken down that he softens your heart for, run to that thing and be aggressive, be around, be available, be agreeable and be aggressive. And we will look up at the end of this year and we will see God's kingdom come. We will see his will be done on the earth as it is in heaven Tonight, as we close out, I just want to say, we will have all missed the point if we think that this talk is another item on our list of New Year's resolutions. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to try to pull myself up by my bootstraps, and I'll write a couple of these things down, and I'll just see what I can. Like, that's not what I want. I don't want us to do this in our New Year's resolution weak power that runs out by February 1st. It's according to his power that's at work within us. This is not a New Year's resolution. What I wanna say to you is that it's not that. It's a simple call to be the church. What I'm talking about is a part of our identity. This is essence, essential conversations. This is not side work. This is not if we can get around to it. This is essential work for us. This is us being the church. So tonight, I'm calling us this year to be around. If you can do 40 Fridays, I'll give you a dollar, okay? I'll buy you some ice cream. But I promise you, if you sign up for regularity and you're just around, you'll look up at the end of the year and you'll go, you know what? I think that was one of the best decisions I made this year. Be around. Be available. 
Be a Christian this year. Make yourself available to God. Open his word. Pray. Start your morning on your knees if you're physically able to. If you're not, open your heart to the Lord and posture yourself. Be available to God and then watch him give you eyes to see one another and be available to each other. This year in 2024, we are not gonna burn it down. We, the church, are going to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And the world's gonna look at us and go, they, they aren't all voting the same way or thinking the same way. It's not uniformity, but there is unity. And then the last thing tonight, church, let's be aggressive this year. Let's play like we mean it. Brady says it all the time. Let's swing hard in case we hit it. <laughs> let's go for it. So church tonight, would you quiet your hearts and would you close your eyes and the band's gonna come and I've created a little extra time here so we can pray into it. Would you begin to ask the Spirit to speak to you and say, come Holy Spirit. We've been praying this for 15 years together as a church. Come Holy Spirit. Would you give him permission to shake things up inside of you tonight? Would you give him permission to to disturb you and disrupt you in holy ways? Would you give him permission to challenge you tonight? Lord, tonight we pray that you would make us the church afresh. We pray that in a world, an American moment of individualism, that we would be the body of Christ. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to one another. Pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive the work that you're calling us to. I pray that you would give us hearts to receive each other. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I pray that you would make us courageous in fighting for peace, in working to preserve the unity of the spirit. Lord, I pray that you would challenge us with our calendar. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where the treasure of our time is, there our hearts will be also. So Lord, I pray that you would open up the treasury of our hearts to to long for what's appropriate, to be in the right spots and to love to be with you and your people. Tonight, I pray that you would make us the church all over again. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Would you stand with me tonight, church? Our communion servers are gonna come. And this, I think, is the appropriate response every week. But let me just kind of frame your imagination for communion tonight in this way. Tonight, as you come through the line, get your communion elements, there's going to be people who have a lot of money there's going to be people who don't have a lot of money there's going to be people who are black and white and brown there's going to be people who are from the United States of America there's going to be people who this is your second place there's going to be people who have college educations and don't there's going to be people who are married and who aren't there's going to be people who are who Democrats and Republicans some of you are, oh, there is Yes, there's going to be Democrats and Republicans and Libertarians and everywhere. Bernie people in this room tonight. There's going to be all kinds of people, right? It's okay. We can laugh at communion time. 
We are not coming to the table of the Lord because we're all the same. We're coming to the table of the Lord because there was one man on a Friday night 2,000 years ago who is very God of very God, who became man of very man, and he lived a perfect and beautiful life, and he forgave those who cursed him, and he turned the other cheek, and he came to bring life to the world, and he kissed the leper. He raised the dead, and he healed the lame, and he fed the hungry, and he clothed the naked, and he visited the prisoners, and he healed the sick. He's Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, and we decided to kill him. And on the cross, when he could have called down legions of angels to save himself and to damn all of us, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And tonight we're here. And tonight we're free. And tonight we're healed. And tonight we're forgiven. And tonight, we, a bunch of strangers on planet Earth, have been set in this beautiful family. We're coming through the communion line because of Jesus Christ. And so tonight, look at all the people around you. Look at the differences. Celebrate the differences. Cherish the differences. Go, oh, isn't that guy just beautiful, made in the image of God? Come through the communion line and rally to the one who was and is and is to come and and receive unity in the spirit around the life and the message and the person and the salvation of Jesus. Can you say amen tonight, church? As we worship, you can come forward, get your communion elements. If you're physically not able, tap your neighbor. They'll bring you some extra. Come back to your seats, hold them there as we worship, and in just a minute, I'll come back and we'll receive together. Come and worship Jesus.
Abby, in just a minute, could you get ready to sing, Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God? Would you open your communion elements and be ready to receive? What I love about communion is that every tribe and tongue and nation and people group gather around the broken body and the shed blood in every language on the planet earth, every socioeconomic position on planet earth. And here we are and we just keep coming back saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. And so tonight, I want you just where you are. I've preached a little bit shorter tonight to give us time here. Could you begin to just call on the name of the Lord? You can do it in your own way. You can, you, can, you can give him your ache. You can give him your joy. You can give him your concern. You can you would just call on the name of Jesus. When you don't know how to pray, say, Jesus, 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 the Son of God, Jesus, the Holy One, Jesus, the King of Kings, Jesus, the Lord of Lords. Church, can I stir you just a little bit? That was really weak. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we long for you. Jesus, this year we want to be about you. Jesus, we want to call on your name. Jesus, we want to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Jesus, we want to be a blessing to Colorado Springs. Jesus, we want to be a blessing in our neighborhood. Jesus, we want to be a blessing in our schools. Jesus, at our job, would you make us a blessing? Jesus, be glorified through the life of your people. And so we depend on you tonight, Jesus. We call on your name. Jesus took the bread on the night he was betrayed and he broke it and he said, this is my body and it's broken for you. And as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me, friends. Jesus is here tonight. He's giving us all that we need to live this life that he's called us to. You may receive the bread. Yes, he gives us the strength of his body and strength of bread and food for the journey, but, but we also need cleansing. We need forgiveness. We need renewal. We need a fresh start. We need all the sins to be washed away. And scripture says that he has taken our sins and buried them in the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, so has he removed our transgressions from us. Praise the God who forgives his people. Praise the God who renews his people. If any person be in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I have good news for you tonight, church. There is newness in Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Drink up to the forgiveness Jesus has given us. We got some time here. Let's worship our way out.
you open your hands to receive the blessing tonight? A sense to just wait 30 more seconds in silence. And when I say receive the blessing, receive the blessing that only the Father can give you. Let him communicate it to you right now as we go silent. I'm getting a prophetic picture right now of a really peaceful child at bedtime. The lights are out. Prayers have been prayed. The book's been read. And a good parent is just right there. And it couldn't be safer. It couldn't be more peaceful. There couldn't be more trust. This child is ready for beautiful sleep. And I just sense the Lord wants to give that to all of us tonight. And so I say to everything that is troubling you, be gone in Jesus' name. To the demons that are haunting you, be gone in Jesus' name. To the bondage that has tied you up and kept you going back to the pigsty, be healed in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. For those of you who just live, you just kind of run at the speed of fear, in Jesus' name, 2024 is going to be different for you. You can be different. <laughs> Jesus paid for it on the cross. If, it, if, if, he, if he died and you can't be free of fear, he wasted his time. But he didn't waste his time. So I say tonight, there is a new territory of freedom available for you. And the Lord, by his spirit, is going to lead you into it this year. So I say, receive his peace tonight. I say, receive his love tonight. For those of you who didn't know what it was to have a safe parental presence around tonight, I pray that the Lord would take you into that tutelage, training you in that this year. And I speak peace over you. I pray tonight, may the Lord our God bless you and may he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And May the Lord lift his bright smiling countenance upon you and all of your people. And may he grant you peace tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Can we give the Lord thanks for what he's done here tonight? A couple things. It's 7.56. You're welcome. Okay. You're welcome. Very good. Normally we hit eight. Um, our prayer team is coming down. If you have any prayer needs, we would love to agree with you in prayer. Guest Central's in the back. If you're new, swing by. Let us give you a gift. Go from here tonight in God's grace and peace. Much love.